You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Equal Vision Records and Sound Talent Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, we have the triumphant return of Brian McTurnan. Brian McTurnan is one of the most prolific producers. Uh, he's made some of the most amazing records from some of the most amazing bands. He basically, uh, aside from the early punk rock days, basically, he basically, I'm saying basically like a hundred times, he created the records, the soundtrack to my uh, adult life. Um, all the hardcore records he did, all the just incredible, incredible bands he worked with. He just did the new Hot Water Music record, which is phenomenal, by the way. Uh, and I just, I love talking to Brian. He is one of the most deep people I've ever met. One of the most open, emotionally uh, vulnerable people I've ever met to where we, I think the only times I have cried on this show is talking to Brian. I'm pretty sure that that only happened the one time. And this one, uh, we we go even deeper. We go even deeper into ourselves, uh, into his life, into mine, into uh, childhood, all sorts of stuff. Um, there's tears, there's laughter, as as you can expect from a chat between Brian and I, um, and just a completely open conversation that I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. We got a lot of good feedback on the last one, and it was very therapeutic for both of us, you know, more so than than other people identifying with it. But uh, for us personally, it was incredibly cathartic, uh, and this one was as well. Uh, be well. 
has a new record coming out on Revolution, me, Revelation Records, uh, and it is incredible. He sent it to me. It's it's incredible. You guys are going to love it. If you like the last record, The Weight and the Cost, you're going to love this record as well. Um, it's just a natural progression for this band, and it's also incredibly open and honest. And we go over some of the word, some of the lyrics, basically from Treadless, uh, a track off there, and he tells the story behind that, and it's it's heartbreaking. Um, and I, I just I can't thank Brian enough for being so open with me, but also just becoming such a great friend over the last couple of years. Um, you know, we talk frequently. And it's just incredible to to connect with somebody that has connected with you in such a way through what they create, through what they produce, um, just this like peripheral existence, uh, you know, threading all these needles through the fiber of your adult life. And then you meet each other and you just click. There's something really, really special about that. Uh, it doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, it's crazy. Uh, and Brian and I are that way, and I am really, really cherish our friendship, um, and that we can do this. We can get on the phone and get on the Zoom and chat, um, and then put it out there for you guys. I know it's something a lot of people don't do when they connect with somebody is record it and put it out for the world to hear, but in our case, that's what we do, and uh, it, it's just the way things go. So um, I feel weird sometimes that people know as much about me as they do and as much as about my guests, but it comes with the territory of putting this out there and putting the energy in the world. And uh, I would really wouldn't have it any, any other way. It's just sometimes if you think about it, literally, how many people out there know so much more about us uh, than than most. It's strange. People in other countries, uh, people in your own town, people that come up to you at a show. I mean, I was at a, uh, I was, I went and saw Jawbox and uh, Jawbreaker the other night. And two people came up from the balcony and uh, were asking for autographs and pictures because of the podcast. I was just there to see a show. And it was my first show back from COVID. And that stuff happens. And it's so strange. And I'm not saying that to, to toot my own horn. I'm just saying that connection translates. And uh, even in your own town, uh, I think, I forget who said it. You, you can't be a rock star in your own town. Uh, maybe it was Kurt Cobain. I don't remember. But it can be anywhere. It can be in your neighborhood or whatever, where people identify with something you're doing. They recognize your voice, uh, you know, have good things to say about this or that. Um, I'm just rambling, but it's an incredible experience and I don't take it lightly. And I, and I love when stuff like that happens, uh, but it's always unexpected. And especially in a, a climate like that, I'm there to see my friend Brooks play with Jawbox, and the tables turned. You hear someone screaming your name from the balcony, uh, in between songs, not of the band. And it's it's the weirdest thing. Anyway, I don't know why I brought that up. It's just uh, connecting with people is is what this is all about. And the fact that we've done that and continue to do that really um, is enjoyable. So let's get some business out of the way real quick and we'll jump right in. So peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me with guest ideas or questions or comments. Uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify, give us a rating. Uh, you can do that now on Spotify. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to give us a actual review. It really helps with the algorithm and everything else. So uh, join the Facebook group as well, the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle Facebook group. We're posting things on there all the time. And the premium service, peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm, gives you access to all the videos, the past cast, and the ad-free feed. 
So if you don't like listening to all the ads, which we do because uh, we like the companies we work with and they help keep the lights on. So they're going to keep happening. But if you don't like to listen to those, you can sign up for the premium service. Uh, it's a minimal price and you get to, to skip all those ads. All right, guys, this is a big one. This is I, this is a really heavy episode. Uh, and I've really held on to this one just because I, I want to make sure it's the right time to put it out. And I feel that it is. Uh, so here's my part two chat with the wonderful Mr. Brian McTurnan. Buddy. There you are. <laughs> How are you? Can I'm good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can. Lovely. Can you hear I'm me okay? It. Yeah, you sound like a professional. Dude. You right look on. professional. <laughs> I got lights in my face and everything. You you got like a banner and <laughs> you're like a real podcaster. It's eight foot by eight foot. It's too big for the studio. I, <laughs> I just didn't want to go small and it's a monster. It's a monster. It. It's very cool. Dude, literally half hour ago, I was in a construction site plumbing. <laughs> and then I flew over here, not realizing how soon I, I set it up for. Uh, I was like, oh, I can make it there in that amount of time to the studio. And as I'm walking out to the parking lot, there's uh, it's stacked parking. So there's someone parked in front of me that doesn't work with us and get off at the same time. So I was like, dude, do you have the key for 25? Actually, yes. And he got out of there and I made it here literally one minute to spare. Professional. Perfect. Very professional. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> well, how are you, man? How are you? It's I'm been a long man. time. Yeah. But it's like, what? 
year and a half, two years almost. Yeah. Year and a half. Year and a half. I guess a year and a half. Yeah. It's been wild, man. Are we recording now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just start um, whenever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's been a, a pretty a crazy ride. I mean, I think that the last time we talked, I don't think either one, one of us would have thought that COVID would still be happening the way that it has been. Yeah. And um, I mean, it was it was definitely pretty heartbreaking to put out our last record and then not really be able to do do anything. Um, um uh, but I mean, I mean, the, the upside was that we wrote, <laughs> you know, we were able to sneak in, you know, we were able to sneak in some shows and I snuck in a couple records that I produced, but it just feels like a total time warp. I mean, it feels like that was yesterday, mm-hmm. but it's a long fucking time ago. Dude. Yeah, it was. And it was a whole nother ball game. Like I think I was in my car recorded this and I think we got cut off like, I don't know, towards the ending and then yeah, your yeah, recording yeah. stops. So it goes to like phone recording. So people were like, wait a minute. The last half's like what? phone call. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. It's fine. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but dude, it was, it was, yeah, such a different time. We, it feels like we've gone a lifetime in a year and a half just because it's so crazy different. The, it, the, the weird thing is it's so crazy different, but it also feels like nothing has happened. I mean, it could, I felt like, I feel like it could have been yesterday that we were on the phone mm-hmm. last time, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's been wild, man. And it's like, and I, I, I mean, on so many levels, like, I don't know, I don't know that if we got into like what's going on with my wife the last time we were on the phone, but she, it's now coming up on three years since she's worked. She's like a, um, a federal whistleblower. Mm-hmm. And, um, she, she, um, she ran the methadone clinic at the VA hospital in Baltimore and reported some wrongdoing and they tried to fire. She's had to testify in front of Congress like two or three times now, and she hasn't been able to work in three years. So everything has just been the combination of that and COVID and like all the tours I've had to cancel. Like it's just been a very strange, um, very strange time. (laughs) I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I guess it's been like that for everybody, but for different Mm -hmm. reasons. Yeah, absolutely, dude. That's nuts. We did we did touch on that at the end of the last episode because she had just been going through it like recently. Well, she was still going through it. Like it was still fresh, it seemed yeah. like. Like it was and I had heard nothing about it before then. Yeah. So I mean, the good side thing is I think we're getting close to some resolution on it, which would be nice. But the bad thing about it is that she hasn't worked. I mean, mm-hmm. she's a opioid like national expert that has been sitting at home doing nothing while people are dying. You know I mean? It's like, it's just, it's been, um, I feel awful for her, but you know, I mean, I guess we've gotten to spend a lot of time together. How how has that been? (laughs) Um, you know, it's been good. It's been, I think that aspects of it have been good aspects of it have been bad. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, you know, just being around anybody all day, every day, kind of like when you both have stressors mm-hmm. can, 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 can take a toll over time. But, but I, I feel like things have been, things have been good. And like my, <clears throat> my daughter, it's like, finally, they just lifted the mask thing at her school. Like 
it's just like, I mean, a year and a half of like her sitting on a computer in one room, my wife sitting on a computer in another room and me trying to make music. It's just like mm-hmm. fucking bizarre. Totally bizarre. Dude, it's so strange. That's crazy. I, I, <clears throat> I'm trying to think back because we, when we spoke last, so many things have happened from that episode. It's so funny to think about because that episode, we went to some, some places and I still talk about yeah. an episode of being one of my top episodes that I feel uh, just because we both shared so much. Uh, yeah. And I just talked to Simon Brody from uh, Drowning Man. <laughs> and he oh, yeah. said that episode specifically is the reason Drowning Man is reuniting. Oh, my God. That's which I was so like, cool. interesting. OK. And and we talked about it on a on an episode. It's not out yet, but um yeah, I had no idea. And he's like, dude, that Brian McTurney episode, that's the that's why. And I was like, wow. Because wow. I talk about it's it a so lot. It's so fucking cool. It's so cool that they're making music again, by the way. But yeah, yeah. no, that was fun. I mean, I think that was uh, an interesting one because I think that you and I have, I mean, we have not, we hadn't talked before, but then like we had such a connection and it just kind of like kept going. You know, it just, I mean, I was... I was kind of not quite emotionally prepared for where we went to, but I think it was good to kind of put it out there and, you know. Yeah. Dude, I felt, I felt really good about it. I felt, I felt not even good. I just felt uh, like it was satisfying. Like it was like a, like a a cathartic experience. Like it was, um, it was something else, man. It was, it was crazy. And I feel though, like thinking about it in a uh, poetic way, I guess, like you and I had not spoken before, but you, the records you had been making had been speaking to me for years before that. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's like some kind of right. connection there. Yeah. And we have so many mutual friends and Tons. I have been listening to the podcast. So it's like, I just think we got on and it was, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's been, it's been crazy. And, and the, I mean, you know, the band stuff has been, I mean, it's just been great. It's like, you know, this far exceeded anything I thought would happen, you know, with the band. And, um, you know, and life is, I'm in a much better place to be like, I mean, you know, definitely then I was in a better place than I had been last time we talked. And since then, I've really like, I feel like I'm kind of going through all that, making the weight and the cost, continuing to write music and just talking, (laughs) You know, like has given me so much more perspective on my own emotions and my relationships and my life and my goals. I mean, I just feel like, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that I've ever been at a place that I've had so much clarity mm-hmm. um, ever before than right now. Um, I mean, it's not all good. <laughs> you know, there's clarity on things that are great and there's clarity on things that I need to fucking get under control, but at least I can see it. I mean, I can kind of like wrap my head around how I let things get as bad as they did before and feel like I have kind of like just everybody knowing. I mean, I think that, that, that was the hardest, the hardest thing for me with like, you know, what I went through leading up to making the last record and then putting it out was just this overwhelming fear that like, you know, nobody would understand and that people that were close to me would 
be kind of taken aback. And and really the reaction to it has been kind of the complete opposite. I think that the reaction has really been like, wow, there's a fucking lot of people that feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And and there's definitely part of me that that knowing that makes me feel much better. And it also makes me sad for people. And I think especially people um, in, you know, I don't know exactly how you old, how old you are, but I, I definitely think people from the era we came up from, I think that like, you know, mental health and things like that, they just weren't talked about. It wasn't like acceptable to like, my daughter is like way more comfortable talking about like her anxiety and her, you know, what, what's going on with her emotionally in a way that, I mean, I was completely embarrassed and ashamed of who I felt like I was inside. And, um, that's just not a healthy way to live. I mean, and kind of, you know, the, the, the people that have, the, the interesting thing is how many people have reached out to me and like said, that like the record in many ways put words to things that they had been feeling that they hadn't been able to express otherwise. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for me, that alone, I mean, that right there is why is what music did for me when I was young and continues to do for me now. And, and honestly is more meaningful to me than like any, like professional success that would ever come from the band you know mm-hmm. like I, we we definitely aren't we're not trying to get big or take over the world i mean we're definitely just trying to make music we love and make connections with people and it's like um so i mean i mean it, what's interesting about all of that is that like now that i feel like i'm not like hiding that i think people it's interesting because i feel like my relationships with people are better because I think that often I would act in a way, even in the studio, that people didn't understand. You know what I mean? Like, what's going on? You know, like, you can feel people's energy mm-hmm. if they're feeling something they're not saying. And um, I just feel like I'm able to, like, have a closeness and connection with people that I, I'm not I'm not sure that I ever had before. Just fucking rad. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, there's so there's so many interesting things there to to dig into because one of them one of them one of the things you mentioned is uh you know hearing the feedback on how many people resonate with what you're doing also right. showed you there's a ton more people out there feeling the same way which is terrible. Right. How weird is it to <clears throat> I'm trying to think how to word this right that to get some comfort or some you know cuz people knowing people feel like you can give you some comfort. But at the same time, like what you're saying, it shows that there's more people hurting. And so you're getting some relief. But at the same time, it's a double edged sword where you're then the 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 veils being lifted and you're seeing everyone else for who they are and and what they're going through, which can kind of bring it back down again. (laughs) It's such a weird thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I it doesn't bother it, it the the thing the thing about it is it doesn't really bring me back down hearing from people. It 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 definitely makes me feel a lot less alone in the world knowing that these things that I sincerely felt like I was the only person feeling is are pretty universal. And the other thing that's so interesting is that 
I, you realize that, you know, for me, just, there was so much talk about the, the weight and the cost is like a mental health album, but I'm not even so sure that it's so much that, I mean, I think that you don't have to be mentally ill to like worry that you're not the parent you want to be or to have given up aspects of yourself in order to be there for this person you brought into the world or to have, you know, failures haunt you and disappointment linger even, you know, and only see that when the success is bigger and brighter. I mean, I think that those things are just very universal feelings. And and I don't think you need to like suffer from depression the way that I do, or, you know, to feel those things. And, And it's been really interesting for me, how different what the songs mean, how it translates. Like for some people there, I got a lot. I mean, the interesting thing is the record was not about divorce, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. the record was much more about me feeling like, I, I don't know, on some levels, maybe I hate to say this because it sounds like, like I, I, I'm not like, suicidal, right? So mm-hmm. I'm going to say that before I say what I'm going to say, but I definitely had no like will to be alive, you know, for a long period of time. And and that is definitely what scared me enough that I felt like I needed to do something and for a lot of people it might be therapy and for me it was writing. You know, it's like really the only way that I've ever been able to express myself and Music is the only way that I've ever been able to um, make sense of what I was feeling was through other people's words. But I've gotten people who what they relate to is it's like they've been through a divorce or they've been through, you know, whatever. or They got fired from their job or like their band fell apart or I mean, there's just it's just so interesting that. It's like in some ways the record ended up being kind of a palette that people could interpret it through their own lens. And it was it was really interesting. It was interesting to see that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like a um like I was telling you, like I broke down a few times during that record just because I have kids too, and we talked about it last time, just how sometimes that person you go home to or those people you go home to uh are not always enough to make you feel better. And then you feel guilty about that and things like that. And and then having kids and, and knowing what you're suffering with and uh, passing it on to them, having them have to deal with that. Like so much, there's so much there with that. And so it's such a heavy concept. And I love what you said about not having to, having it be considered a mental health record that, that mental health and mental illness, whatever you want to call it, everyone has ups and downs and, and everyone has these feelings and and you don't have to suffer from an actual diagnosed mental uh, illness to, to go through these things. Like you don't have to, it's just human, human thoughts put to paper and then sung, right? Like, or, or screamed in that manner. And, and I think that's where the connection connects all of us. You don't have to be, you don't have to be that way. Uh, to to feel those things like it's 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 anyone anyone can have those bad days good days whatever and it's just a matter when it hits them um you know that that it does that it's just it's it's just a beautiful 
a beautiful thing. It's someone being honest. And, and another thing too, right. you said like with not being suicidal, I've, when we were talking last week and I had my therapy session I, and, um, we were talking about exactly that is, is it wasn't being suicidal. It's the apathy around living and dying. Like what not caring is almost more scary to me because I've had the same feelings. Whereas this, I, if it, if it's over tomorrow, cool. If it's not cool. And that's putting it, putting it, uh, tame, but that yeah. apathy around something that's so beautiful as life itself is terrifying. Oh, it is. More so. I mean, it's, it's interesting because the things I was feeling were in some ways scarier than the feeling of like, oh, I'm going to go do something. I mean, I just basically, I didn't, you know, I didn't take care of myself. I hadn't been to the doctor in 20 years. I hadn't been to the dentist in 20 years. I hadn't, I mean, I was drinking a lot. I was like, just basically doing anything to not feel. And I was not making plans for the future. And that was much scarier than when I was a kid and felt like maybe I should kill myself. You know what I mean? The, you know, the teen drama you have, I mean, in some ways that feeling of like, I just don't care if I'm alive anymore, you know, was, mm -hmm. was a much, was a very tariff, was very scary. And, and the thing is like, th the thing for me is that like, all I ever wanted in my whole life was to be like a good dad, you know? And, um, like, like my childhood was so fucked up and interestingly, like, like I just went through a pretty like heavy experience with my dad and my, my, my aunt died. Hmm. And I mean, this, this might <laughs> tell you a little bit about how I grew up and it's not like, it's not, I mean, I hate to say this in, in, in some ways it makes my dad sound bad. And I've really learned to understand that like, he's like a good man that did the best he could, but I went, his sister died, who was like the closest person in his world. And he talked to her like three hours a day, every day on the phone. And I went with him to Denver um, when she died to get her house cleared out and to help him with the funeral arrangements. And <clears throat> he was crushed in a way that I had never seen. I mean, he never showed emotion. Like when his father died, he was 10 years old and he didn't cry. Like he boxed and then went into the Navy and just always had a guard up. And he, we had this moment where he um, just absolutely fell apart in front of me. And I had never seen that before. And I picked him up and I hugged him. And I don't think I've ever hugged my dad. I don't think he's, a, I have zero recollection in my entire life of him ever hugging me or me hugging him or us having any sort of um, connection like that. And I mean, it was, it was unbelievably hard, but the thing that I kind of took from that was that, thank God I am catching what's up with me before that's my relationship with my daughter, you know? Yeah. And I was, 
I'm, I'm a much more affectionate, open person than my dad was, but definitely there were several years where I got home, I started drinking, I'm on my phone, I'm checking my email, I'm watching it. So everything except being there. And like, you know, like, like the way that my dad grew up and the way he didn't have the outlets that I have to express these things. And, um, like we just never talked about anything. And like the, I mean, the first song on the, um, the, um, the new Be Well record is the song Treadless. And I, we're getting way too heavy again, but (laughs) the closest I ever came to like ever, um, doing anything actually bad was I was working at this reggae record label when I was maybe in 11th grade or something. And, um, I was really in a deep, bad, depressive state. And, um, the, um, I, I got out of work and I went and I was driving my parents' minivan and I sat in the minivan and I sat for a minute and I just closed my eyes. I put the car in reverse and I just hit the gas and I flew across a parking lot and smashed into a tractor trailer in the back. And I, um, hysterically crying, drove home. I pulled up at my house. I got out of the car. My dad saw the car. He saw me. I walked inside and we never talked about it. Jesus. We, to, to this day, we've never talked about it. And I kind of, you know, I've spent a lot of time looking back at my life and trying to figure out how did I let it be this bad for so long? And I think that, um, you know, to not be able to say what I was feeling to the person that brought me into this world was 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 tough you know and um but i'm not like that with my daughter and i caught it before i let it become that and i'm not sure it would have ever been it would have never been bad on that level but i was fucking tuned out i was unaware of what was going on with her i was unaware what was going on with my wife and you know, it's, it's, um, and, uh, and honestly, I just don't, if, if I hadn't had music to pour myself into it and get it out, I'm not sure where I'd be right now, you know? So I, I'm just super thankful that, you know, I mean, to, to have this opportunity to have people like you to talk to and have people that can hear this and not think, oh, he's fucked up. Cause I'm not fucked up. I've had, I have problems but I'm a good friend. I'm a good father. I've spent my life pouring myself into a community that is always also been there for me. And, um, you know, kind of my takeaway from all of it is that I'm sick of hiding, you know, and, and I, and I don't need to like people are seeing me for who I am and accepting it and loving it. And, I never thought that would happen. So, 
you know, it's, it's just been, it's been a wild ride. And it's really interesting with the new record because I think that, um, the weight and the cost, I feel like I was in the eye of the storm kind of, and I couldn't see anything. All I could see was like the inner strife and struggle. And I, I, I think that, um, the new stuff is still, you know, it's still pretty like emotionally heavy, but it's, I feel like it's different in that like Treadless, that song is written, the first song on the new record is written about, you know, the experience that I had with my father when I came closest to not being here anymore. And the fact that we never had the relationship that I could tell him. And it isn't, it is not like, um, it isn't like a, um, slight against him. It's a slight against how people were led to, you know, to believe that you dealt with things like this. When I was a kid, it was like, you just didn't talk about it. You know, when I was hospitalized for depression, my parents didn't tell anybody that I was in the hospital. So they thought they were protecting me. But what I took away from that was that I needed to be ashamed of I mean, who I was, because the thing about it is I can't separate my depression from Brian McTurnan, the living. I mean, it's a part of who I am. It's something that I can't change. It's something I didn't decide to have, (laughs) but they were not ever comfortable with it. And I think that they thought they were protecting me by not letting people know. And I literally spent almost my entire life so embarrassed about it and so ashamed and never wanting anybody to know. And some of what, some of what I ended up doing professionally, you know, I'm, it's not like I'm famous, but it's like people didn't know me. They knew the name on the back of the record. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and then the, the other thing that's hard is that, I mean, I, I push people in the studio, right? Like I, I'm, I, I, I always felt like my job was to, to see what, um, to believe in something beyond what anybody thought was possible and what people thought they were even capable of. And in order to do that, you sometimes have to push people and you have to challenge people and you have to you know, bring it out of them. So, you know, I got this reputation for being like kind of an asshole or kind of a tough guy to deal with. And like, and it's just so funny how different, like I am from what people thought I was, you know, and, and kind of dealing with that, you know, it's, it's so many times I've heard like, oh, Brian, that guy's an asshole you know? <laughs> or whatever. And it's like, um, I mean, you know, what's hard is when you're, when you, there's this established like 
image of, of what you are. It's kind of hard to get out of that in some mm-hmm. ways, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so the, the, the cool side of, of <clears throat> what you do professionally is what you're doing, bringing things out of people, seeing things in people instead of just letting it be as, as your whole life had just been, let it be, uh, right. With the car, not talking about it. Right. Like I wonder, I wonder, and I don't know, I know you said you haven't talked to your dad about this, but like, I wonder how much of those things he actually saw in you and didn't know how to maybe talk about it or, you know what I mean? Like, all of Not, it. All of it. He saw it. He, he yeah. knew it. He saw it, and and he saw it, and he he was so bottled up, yeah, that I don't think he ever knew how to talk to me about it. And you know, like he was one of those guys that, like, like you, you know, a picture of, uh, you know, my he watch a video of my daughter, and he just starts crying. Mm-hmm. You know, he has all that inside of him, but yeah, it never. So, I mean, the interesting thing for me is that one thing that I kind of realized through this whole process of like, you know, not the band, but through my whole process of like committing to trying to have my life be different is that I realized that I can't do it alone. And I also realized I don't need to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that that um that um feeling in and of itself is the most freeing thing in the world because like i um i'm surrounded by just like the most amazing people you know mm-hmm. like and and the thing is like i don't have an issue with people loving me I don't have an issue with people respecting me. I don't have an issue. Like those aren't problems I have. There are problems other people have that can contribute to their, their problems in life. Mm -hmm. But I, um, I, my problem is that I have not allowed myself to feel that. The, The, what, like with producing records, it's like you, if, if you were to ask me, all I kind of had in my head for a long time was the failure, you know, the failures or the things people weren't happy with or the snarky comment in a review that I read. Like somehow there could be a thousand positive things and the one negative comment is stuck with me mm-hmm. or like, you know, <laughs> it's uh, the fun, the coolest thing in some ways about the process of putting out the weight and the cost and doing interviews like this and talking to people about my career is that honestly, and this sounds like totally crazy to say, but I had never really talked to anybody about my career. I mean, I think I had told you last time I typically, I don't like to do interviews about my production career alone because I feel like, you know, it's really hard to talk about making a record and not have it sound like you're taking credit for the band's Mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so I wasn't really doing interviews and then, and then, you know, you have like the cast of bands you work with that then go on to work with someone else. And, you know, the, the the records that could have, you feel like they 
could have done better or maybe let people down. Like the storyline I had in my head about how I had spent my life was all negative. It was all fucking negative. And um, through the process of talking to actual people that weren't like my band clients, <laughs> which mm-hmm. was my whole friend network, um, I realized like how fucking important those records are to people. Mm-hmm. And I have like an appreciation for what my contribution has been to this scene and community that I really never had before. Mm-hmm. Just from, you know, being on a, you know, in an interview with people and people being like, oh my God, that engine downright, the most obscure things, you know, and, and you realize like, oh, I'm a part of people's lives. Like this thing that we're like grinding, doing lives forever and really affects people, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. So I'm definitely like, I mean, I think one of the things that was like the healthiest thing that came from all of it is like, I'm, I'm, I can look back at my career as a producer in a totally different way and, and appreciate like the experiences I had in the studio and how much those records like mean to people that have bought them and lived with them and also how much it means to the people that I helped make those records, Mm. you know, like, I mean, I'm not, I don't mean this like in a egotistical way, but in just a very matter of fact way, like I've worked with incredible bands and helped many of them make their career defining records or help put them in a position to make that with someone else, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's just been, you know, it's been, it's, it, it, that's been like really important for me to like see because instead of me going, Oh, turnstile is <laughs> blowing up and they didn't do the record with me. It's like, I feel like, but I was there for them when they didn't have money and they needed someone to help guide them and help them take that next step. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't, ha- it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, there was a time in my life I would have been like not able to see it that way. Um, actually on that note, um, I don't know if it, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but one of the coolest fucking things that ever happened in my whole career was, um, did, and I, I apologize if I told you this last time. It just happens to be that we're talking about it. But um, I had done the two Circus Survive records, right? Juturna mm-hmm. and On, On Letting Go. Yeah. And um, and then very soon after On Letting Go came out, I remember seeing an interview with Brendan. And they were like, how do you feel about the record? He's like, well, I think it's cool, but I'm just dying to work with somebody else. <laughs> 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 or some, you know, so, something like that. So and Brandon, I was like, <laughs> yeah. And it was like, I was, I was pretty crushed. And, yeah. and, and, and maybe, maybe, um, maybe because I knew that he was probably right, you know, in some ways, like, I feel like I had a way that I heard that band and we were just polishing the vision. We weren't going beyond it. And, um, and so I, I, I definitely don't, I think that the reason it kind of stung was because I, I kind of thought 
you know, maybe, maybe he was right in retrospect. But anyway, long story short, one day I came home and I was having kind of a, a tough day anyway, came home and I had a letter in the mail. And Brendan had sent me a letter and he said, we're making our new record and I'm really proud of it. And all I can think is how much you did to put us in a position where we're able to do this now. And I just felt like, wow, what a fucking awesome thing to say. And what a kind way to make me feel, you know, like a part of it still, which I am, you know what I mean? Which is like, you know, it's like the, you know, the, the, like I, I never felt like bands continuing to work with me was like, there are some situations where it totally makes sense to just do all the records together. Like streak anywhere is a perfect example of like, they're just doing their thing. We're just having fun. And it's like, they're not trying to be anything different than strike anywhere mm-hmm. where a band that is like really looking to every time change it and have it be totally different. It totally makes sense to like, I think turnstile is a perfect example of like, you work with me, you work with William and then you go in and they're able to make this fucking masterpiece, mm-hmm. you know, and all of us had, you know, it's the band's record, but all of us played a little role in, 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 in getting it there. And um, anyway, I can't even remember what I was saying, but Brendan saying that really helped, you know, take the sting out of like what he had said before, mm-hmm. you know, which, which, um, you know, and I fucking love those guys. And, and anyway, sorry. I'm at, no, I'm in the same boat. You have to know Brendan Ekstrom to understand all of that because he is, he is the most like matter of fact, uh, just dry, quick-witted, smart, yes. amazing person. But at times he can be not abrasive, but like he'll just kind of come on and tell you exactly how he's thinking. Yeah. And but he'll kind of yeah. do it in a snarky way. And you have to kind of think of for a second, like, wait a minute, was he serious? But it's just his personality. And he's a he's a wonderful, wonderful person. And I love him dearly. And uh he shouted us out in Guitar World magazine randomly. And and wow. I was like, holy shit. I, I mean I fucking love that guy and mm-hmm. I love that about him too. And I, and he's right. You know what I mean? They, they, they went on to make blue sky noise, which I couldn't have made. Mm-hmm. And it's a career defining record. So it's, you know, like I am now at a place where I can look back at my life. And instead of looking at that situation as I got fired, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I can look at that situation and go, wow, I'm really proud that I was the right person at the right time to help a brilliant group of artists mm-hmm. develop. You know, yeah, I I had the skill set and the passion that helped them make two important records and helped put them on a path to continue to have like an incredible career and. uh, several years ago, I wouldn't have seen it that way. I would have seen it as I didn't take enough chances and they left the studio just dying to get in with somebody else. And you know what I mean? And like, it's never that. I mean, it's, it's, it's anyway. So it's been an interesting, um, that was a very unexpected um, outcome of this, of this process for me was that kind of, 
you know, that being able to zoom out and kind of look back at my life and, and, and appreciate it in a way that I hadn't before. So. Well, it's just so interesting because talking about, you know, like you went into your career doing what you couldn't do before. Like you were digging into people, like talking about things, digging into people, like being an empath, like, and also being, you can be, if you're being a hard ass, I mean, you can also still be an empath and be fine, you know, basically speak to the room or, or hear the room, you know, not right. the sound, but hear people. Right. Right. Like walk right. into a room and we talk about this with my therapist all the time because she's convinced that that's where I'm at is that the the empath thing is 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 because I feel differently. Like I my mood changes to the people in the room. Like I'll walk into the office at work and I'll already know, OK, I'm not going to talk to so and so for a little while having a tough morning. But that's in my head immediately when I walk in there versus just like, Hey guys, what's going on? You know, like I'll, I'll read the room really quick. Like it's this weird, right? this weird thing. I think as a producer more so than most professions that like you need to be able to do that. And, and yeah. just like you walk in, you hear a room for sound. Like it's the same, not the same, but it's the same concept. You know, this well, that, is what we that's can do. one thing that was one thing that was very interesting about making records during COVID mm. with the masks, it was very hard to do that. Mm. No, mm -hmm. it was hard. It was hard. You kind of realize how much nonverbal communication goes into communicating, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it was like, so like we're, we're, I, I helped with new hot water music record and, um, and I went down to Florida several times, like in the heat of the pandemic which was fucking wild down there. But um, being in the studio with masks in a dark room with no lights and kind of like trying to work on tunes was just fucked up, man. It was super, it was hard, but, um, but we had fun. Dude. That, that And you just did, you just did a string of shows with hot water and, and uh, dude, and, and Dan flew down or, or drove down, I think. Yeah. For those shows. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It was great. That's I didn't one. know he was going to be, I didn't know Dan was going to be there. And, um, it was great because, um, I hadn't seen him, you know, mm -hmm. like, like, you know, we, we, um, once we kind of got through the weight and the cost cycle, like we're doing the new record on a different label. And so there's like no bad feelings or anything, but like, I just haven't been like in the loop with him. And so I'm like, walking the parking lot and then just out of the corner of my eye, I saw Dan and his whole family, which was great. So, yeah, was. he loves you, man. He loves you very yeah. much. And he, I saw him for the first time since COVID uh, a month ago, he came out to, to do some stuff oh, here wow. in town and we went to lunch and it was just wonderful to see him. But he and I would talk a lot back when wait in the cost was going on because uh, we talked about the episode you and I did. And then I was talking to him because one thing that drives me nuts with with podcasts or just interviews in general, I, I, I hate even calling these interviews because they're not. They're just conversations. But when you would give, I would just listen, almost just expecting it. You would give something of yourself up. Just and it's the wrong way to say it on a silver platter, but you obviously wanted to talk about something. And you could tell when the host was uncomfortable to go to those areas and would glaze over it. And then start right. talking more about guitar tone or, you know, like, and it's, of course it's not for everyone, but it would drive me nuts. It, it drives me nuts anyways. When people will offer up something like subconsciously, I want to talk about this. And then the host gets uncomfortable 
and then sh- just glazes over it with like a trowel, right? Like I, I would hate that. And I would text Dan. I was like, it happened again. It happened again. And, uh, cause it was just, it, you want to get out of your comfort zone. You want it. I mean, that's the point of this medium is to just be real. Right. If you're uncomfortable, right. say you're uncomfortable or, or you like delve into it and see what happens. That stuff would, would, I would go crazy. I was like, damn it. Like that, this could have really gone somewhere. And instead, again, we heard about, you know, what the recording techniques were, you know, things like that, that had already been covered. Yeah. Right, um, right, right. Anyways, I don't know how you felt about that area, but like I would always like text Dan afterwards, be like, damn it, like it happened again. Cause you did so many interviews. And I was just like, yeah. wow. Like um the one you did with Dustin though was incredible. And I I love that man. And and that's another thing. That that uh illusion of safety record, if that didn't happen, you and I wouldn't be talking today. I would have been wow. on a completely different path in my life. The fact that I can call you up or text you and I could any of those guys any day of the week. Hey, you can yeah. you talk? Absolutely. That whole little like yes. nest that was created from that record that changed my musical direction and my entire life was those guys and you. And it's so crazy that now we're, we are where we are. You know, like yeah. you think like 20 years from now, we're going to be on a video chat talking about life's deepest meanings uh you know when before it was just transactional like here's a badass record check it out this is going to change your world awesome who did this brian mcturnan okay i see that name again i see that name again i see that name again like jay june another record that you did mark marino uh i believe he played guitar in that band um we would stay with him in san diego and he oh, would take wow. us in and, and let us stay with him, take us around town, take us to his restaurant. Always like we knew we had a home in San Diego. And it was Mark who you did. It, it, all these things that connect are crazy. That's so cool. That dude is That's incredible. Cool. And uh, he would talk about that band because that band wasn't around when he was doing. He was doing Love Light Shine. And uh, man, he always just had the coolest stuff going on. But it was all like from that stuff, you know, like it's just life's changing things from a distance like it was just these things that touched on your life in the right time you know yeah well the the thrice guys i mean you know the the thing the thing is like those guys are just i mean some of the best people you'll ever meet and i i it's so interesting because you you um i think about how how fortunate i was to meet them and make that record, but, and make both of, you know, that and artists in the ambulance, but, but, um, having them just, they're just real friends. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I, I just feel like whether I'm talking to them regularly or not, I just feel so like, you know, close and appreciative and supported by them. And the thing about those guys is that, they have not changed at all. You know, it's like <laughs> they are still the fucking nice, super sweet, down to earth, like salt of the earth human mm-hmm. beings that I met 24 years ago when we were recording Illusion of Safety. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're like, they never let it get to their head. They never let 
the other thing is like, it's, you know, like what we talked about with like Circa and, you know, bands going on to work with other people. It's like those guys, it just never got in the way of our friendship. Like our friendship was like a hundred percent above, well, you know, above the professional, you know? So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bands that are that way. I mean, like, it's so interesting to have, um, you know, speaking of that, to, to have done the hot water music record, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because we hadn't worked together in 15 years. <laughs> so it was Crazy. like, so, so fucking cool. I mean, it's, it's like, it was really funny because we, um, like kind of out of the blue, like Jason and I had been talking a little, Jason, the, the bass player. Mm-hmm. And then one day, um, George, their drummer called me who, I mean, I, we definitely had some friction on the first record I did, did with them. And, um, and then I feel like it was, you know, it wasn't that way on the future records, but what I loved is he called me and he just wanted to talk it about it. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted to express the things that he loved about working with me and the things that he didn't love about working with me and the things that he, um, he like enjoyed about working with other people he had worked with since me. And it was so refreshing to just have this like super adult conversation where he's like, I'd like to focus on this. And I was able to say, okay, I, I totally think that's important. And in order to do that, the songs need to be totally written. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We really need to like do a lot of pre-production and make sure that by the time we get into the studio, if everything is like a hundred percent ready to go in it. And it was really cool too, because it was kind of like, we basically had this conversation about like a very frank conversation about like, what do you feel like's missing on the records we've been making. And I told him, and it was like so cool because it was like, we were so on the same page. Um, They're like one of my favorite bands in the world. Some of my favorite people in the world. And it was like riding a bike. Mm -hmm. It was just amazing how much, like once we kind of got into it, how it was like no time had passed at all. Like we were just a hundred percent on the same page and the magic that had been there before that kind of like connection was like stronger than ever. And that, that was a crazy record because we literally kind of worked on it on and off for like eight months. Mm -hmm. I flew down there, not like continuously, but I flew down there twice um, to do pre-production. And then we would do, sometimes bi-weekly Zooms where we would have like, we would have like the Zoom with the whole band where we would like pick a song that we we're going to work on and talk it through. And then we would have like a a daytime Zoom where a few of us would just get together with acoustic guitars on Zoom and sketch out all the changes that we felt like needed to happen. And then we would demo it all. Like Chris Cresswell, the new guitar player would like, record a scratch track to a click. He would send it to George. George would play his drums. He'd send it to Jason. Jason would do his bass. And then the guys would sing on it. And it was like, we kind of demoed the whole record through Zoom in a weird way. It's wild. It was a crazy experience. Yeah. And then, and then I went down there 
And it was just fucking great, man. So like, and uh, and the record's just unbelievable. I don't know if you've heard it, but I have. It's, it's incredible. It's it's just like I'm incredibly proud of it, and it's also just like I love those guys, and it's so fun to have a reason to be talking to them all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that might sound stupid, but it's like I like they're some of my closest friends in the world, and like we didn't ever like lose touch, but we just didn't have. You know, like, like we didn't have things to be talking about every day. Well, now we do. And then they have been just incredible. Like we're doing so many um, Be Well shows with Hot Water and that is a fucking trip. Like we played in, we played on Sunday night in um, St. Petersburg and Chris Wallard came to the show. Mm-hmm. And he's like my hero. I mean, I, 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 I don't know that there are many people that I kind of look up to more than him as like a writer and a player and as a human and just like knowing he was there was just felt, I mean, I wasn't nervous. I just felt excited that, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he got to see me play, you know, and it was like a great show and you know, he was psyched and it was, it was just really cool, man. It was really cool. It's incredible, dude. I, I, the, the record's amazing. And when Dan told me you were working on, it, I was like, "Yes, okay, perfect." Like, because Dan and I talk every week for the podcast stuff, and he would bring that up, like, "Hey, I got something to tell you." I was like, "All right," and uh, uh, you always get those juicy insider tips uh, when we have the weekly call, and I love that. I was so excited, and um, yeah, that's cool. It's just incredible. But the the, you know, and what you're saying too about not having a reason to talk to like it isn't it interesting how even now with how easy it is to connect like we're on zoom right now like we get i'm i'm looking at you right now like that wasn't right. possibility way back but even now that 15 years or whatever like that that distance and that time doesn't really affect as much like these friendships are just they'll they transcend that like you don't need to talk to each other every day and you can get back together like you said riding a bike it's like you never had any distance it's crazy and it's a beautiful thing to have that like you know um and and in talking about like the thrice guys like uh we'll go however long without talking or that you know uh, riley's riley's kid has a surgery or something so i shoot him a message or a quick quick voicemail or something in the morning just saying hey thinking about you you know like just nurturing those relationships but you don't have to be in each other's face all the time it's it's really yeah. interesting it's really a beautiful thing or you know yeah. um just checking in you know i think is important but you don't necessarily need those really strong friendships you don't need to talk to each other every day you don't need to see each yeah. other every day it's just a, you're a but part of your family. But it's but but it's fun too sometimes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and to have a reason, be in the same room, like accomplishing a common yeah. goal, is is yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's been really funny too for me, like with doing the be well stuff and kind of like playing with bands that I had made records for because. I kind of hadn't processed that none of those people. I mean, Hot Water guys had seen me play with Ashes, my old band, mm-hmm. but they'd never seen me sing. You know what I mean? And like so many of the bands had never seen me play. And it was so interesting when we, um, be well played furnace fest, mm-hmm. which was a fucking fantastic show. And we're about to go on. And I looked at one side of the stage and it's like the guys in the bled and the guys in hot water music and the, like, you know, 
And then I looked on the other side of the stage and it's Anthony Green and all the guys in Turnstile and the guys in Piebald. And like, I was like, this is so fucked up. None of these people have ever seen me play, you know, like for all of the, all of the time we have spent together <laughs> making records and do, doing all that, like none of them have ever seen me perform, you know? Yeah. And it was, I could tell that they got a kick out of it. You know, it was like, it was, it was really, it was really cool. I would have, if I was them, I would have been in the, in the crowd or whatever with a sign that just says, nope, do it again. Try it again. <laughs> Try it again. Nope. Do it again. <laughs> close. One more time. The studio. Yeah. Close. A little pitchy. Uh, we'll get, do it again. We'll, we'll get, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that, that breaking your good. balls from the side of the stage it would have made it would have made me less nervous yeah and everybody's just sitting there looking at me in a fishbowl but no it was cool it was it was um it was really fun to um you know it was it was it's it's really fun to get to like have those people see me do this thing because before i was making records i mean I, there was like five or six years where I toured nonstop, mm -hmm. but then it just stopped and I, and I never thought I would ever do it again. And so to be able to do this and then be able to like, I mean, the one thing that's really crazy since we last spoke is that early on with the band, I mean, we couldn't pay to get on a show pretty much, mm -hmm. you know, like we were trying to get on shows and I think that nobody really like, I, I think that in fairness to people, I think that nobody was quite sure that it was like a real band, like that it wasn't just like a one-off kind of side project. But um, the opportunities that we're getting now are just fucking unreal. Like mm -hmm. I can't, it's hard for me to, like I'm looking at our touring schedule and it's just like, it's just unbelievable. And it isn't just friends of mine, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're, we're getting... Um, like I actually had the coolest, um, coolest thing happen because we just did that weekend with the veil and hot water and, mm -hmm. um, I'd never met Tim Barry, um, before. And we finished our set in Detroit and, um, he pulled me aside and said, Hey man, I, it's so cool. I had no idea that like you were in this band and Mike was in this band and Aaron, like all, you know, he said, I didn't know. He said, I, uh, he said our booking agent, um, sent us the two videos and said, like, I think you should consider this band. And he was like, I just felt like what you're doing was important. And the fact that you guys are who you are <laughs> is a bonus. Like we, we didn't know. And I was just like, wow, fucking Tim Barry. Yeah. That's incredible. Thought what I was doing was important. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been cool. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it, we've had, we had to cancel so much shit during the co peaks of COVID. And, um, and that was hard and disappointing, but it does feel like things are turning a corner now. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it feels out there, but, but here, I mean, the shows, you know, we, we went off without a hitch and like, you know, everybody showed up, you know, but was not like, we had done some shows with Boys That's Fire leading up to Furnace Fest where the ticket sales were really good, but people then didn't come. Mm-hmm. So I, we didn't have any of that on this last batches of shows. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been wild, wild times. Yeah, dude, it absolutely has. And that, that the new B well record is so good. I got, you had sent it to me and I had sat last week. Um, 
when we rescheduled this, like I just kind of sat with it and, and played it a couple times through and in the studio and just listened to it. And it's just so good. And I got a lot of those same feelings. Like it's a very different sounding record, but I got the right. same, uh, the same feeling. Like I felt the, the genuineness of the, the, um, of the, the lyrics and like, it took me to some of the same places, but differently. Like it, it was right. because you're so honest with what you're saying and it's so clear and, and, uh, and, and not necessarily direct, but it's pretty, it's pretty direct on what you're talking about. And, and I immediately like trust it, I guess is the way. So I, I, I listen to it with a different ear than I listen to a lot of things just because I'm, I'm in, I want to know what's being said because right. I trust what's coming out of the speakers. And I well, love I, that. I think part, I think part of it is that I just don't really have anything to prove to anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just don't, I, 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 I kind of feel like this is, I, I have things that, 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 that I don't, I hate, I, I hate thinking of the band as like therapeutic mm -hmm. because to me, I love playing music because I love playing music. <laughs> I love connecting people with, I love intimacy. I love the process of writing and recording and all that. But I mean, for definitely on a personal level, it, it has been, um, it has been a medium that I've been able to say some things to people around me even mm -hmm. that I would not have been able to say otherwise. And I kind of feel like if there's a way that I can say it, that's clear and I'm not hiding behind imagery and metaphor. If I, like I, I make an effort to try and say the thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and let it, live there and that is um i mean I'm, I'm glad that you take that from it because that is that is what i aspire to do with it um and it's 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 kind of interesting because like you know i i always worry i don't worry about i'm very open with my daughter i'm like extremely open with my daughter but um we were shooting the new video and my niece is like kind of the primary actor in that. And I was thinking like, Oh my gosh, I'm so nervous for like my family, you know, my mother-in-law and my, you know, my, my brother-in-law's parents to hear these, these words, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it was, it was, it was, um, it was interesting because like the thing that's the thing that it, I, the thing about be well is that it's heavy, but it's hopeful, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think. And, um, I was pleased because when they heard the song, finally, they were all into it and kind of got it. And it was really interesting to hear the take of someone that is not like a punk or hardcore guy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like their, their interpretation of it was, was interesting to me, but. Well, it's a universal thing. Like it's, it's, uh, that's the thing with, it's so weird with styles of music. It's, music itself is a language in its own. And it's just, you know, someone's whispering in your ear, someone's, uh, yelling at you. I mean, it's just, it's all just, it's communication. 
It really is, even with no words. But it's just weird to well, hear how people from the scene take it versus not from the scene. That it's even a difference. Well, you know? I think one thing that's so that I found so interesting is how much was made of the lyrics. Um, because you know, if you take what I'm saying and then you pull it up against a, what a lot of other, I mean. People are talk singing about like cutting somebody's heart out, you know, yeah. or you know things that are just way more extreme than what I'm saying, um, you know. Uh, but for some reason, saying the thing that like is clear that is what I'm actually feeling <laughs> and saying mm-hmm. it was no was notable, um, you know. Yeah. So I, I I I found it I found it kind of interesting. I mean, fortunately. Um, I, I was, I was like the, the best thing that came from the band was that I decided to just keep writing and I didn't. So by the time that the weight and the cost came out, I was already sitting on like maybe 15, 20 songs. So I, I feel like we kind of dodged the bullet of that, like, I don't want to say sophomore slump, but like I have been around a million bands where you put out a record and everybody's talking about the record and good, bad or whatever it is. And you just can't, it's almost impossible to like. What's going on guys. This is Dewey from peer pleasure. And I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, Uh, You want to get those people paid when you put that music online, and splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits, and all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, Tier 2 and Tier 3. Tier 1 is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier 2 gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier 3 is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of, of that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Not have that effect the way you write. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You kind of like, it's either an overreaction to, to, you know, to the feedback or 
you start saying, oh, this is what people like that we do. So I'm just going to do that. And um, I feel like I'm glad that I kind of got a head start because I, I, I didn't get in my head about it at all mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with the new record. Yeah. So that it's all kind of from the same, the same time too. Like it's, yeah, that's what makes but, it but great too. The thing that I'm excited about, the the thing that I like about, like, I think I said this earlier, but the, with the new record is that I can see that I have much more, I, it's way more zoomed out than like, I feel like the weight and the cost, I was so, close to it all that I was describing it all, but without being able to tell what it was, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I think that on the new record, there is like a much, um, there's more clarity about what those feelings were. And it's really interesting for me. It's a less heavy record for me, um, than the weight and the cost, like the song, the weight and the cost, I don't think I could ever play that song again live. Like I, it's just too much for me. It's like too, it's too, too much. Um, and I don't really feel that way about the, the, any of the new songs, but it's really interesting where my older brother finds the new record heavier mm-hmm. for him mm-hmm. than the weight and the cost. Like he, he, I think it's because it is in some ways more direct and, um, and I think that he has a, he lived with me through all that. So I think that some of what I'm singing about directly is, um, he was there, you know what I mean? So I think it's, it's just kind of interesting what, um, how, 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 how people, take it but but i mean i'm i'm psyched and then you know the the funny thing about the new record is that we finished it i mean it was like a year we finished it in like april of Mm -hmm. last year but with all of the vinyl this and that it keeps kept getting pushed back and kept good getting pushed back and then honestly that all kind of broke our way because covid shit spiked again shows got canceled like we had to cancel two tours europe and um an East coast run. And now finally the record's coming out like five days before we head out on that massive, um, newfound glory tour. Mm -hmm. So it's like, just kind of like, yeah, that tour is going to be amazing. Yeah. It's going to, you know, what's fun. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm excited. I I think that, I think that tour is going to be really good for us. I think it's, we do much better with, older people Mm -hmm. like i think content wise and i think that the age demographic on that tour and kind of like like newfound glory and four years strong are not hardcore bands but they're like hardcore adjacent and i think that there's a lot of craw cross i think there's a lot of people that like pop punk was their gateway to like hardcore and Mm -hmm. some other things and um i think it's going to be really good and then i also i love i mean I love playing tiny shows for the intimacy, but I love playing big stages and being able to move mm-hmm. around and the, you know, the sound being great. And it was so cool. Like when we did these avail shows this weekend, it's like the same, some of the same venues and the same types of venues will be with new fun glory. And I was just thinking, wow, I can't fucking believe we get to do this 
across the whole goddamn country. Yeah. You know, it's going to be, incredible. it's going to be, it's going to, I hope to see you there. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to let me know. Is Chad, is Chad, is Chad doing this tour? Is he back in action? Yeah. Like health wise? He is He's okay. cancer free. I don't, wanna... I, I don't know. Chad. I don't know. I don't know. Chad. He, um, he, um, he d- d- talks to Aaron, our bass player a lot, okay. but those guys are so fucking cool. Like, I mean, like the, the, um, the, um, we, we had confirmed the newfound glory tour and, you know, there's like a radius clause, mm-hmm. yeah. it, like can't do this before this or this blah, blah, blah. And, um, we got the hot water and the avail dates offer mm-hmm. and they conflicted with radius clause. And, um, and our booking agent was like, yeah, we, we we're going to have to pass. And Aaron reached out to Chad and just said, hey, before we pass on these, I just and Chad wrote back, like, I'm going to be pissed at you if you don't do these. <laughs> you, you go, go play with the veil. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, hell yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And I just thought, like, you know, for a band that's got like platinum records and is this mm-hmm. big, you know, tour for the, his response to be like, no, that's good for you. And, mm-hmm. you know, probably ultimately good for the tour, to be honest, anyway. But they were so fucking cool. And everybody's been so nice. And, like, I, I just can't. I, it's so nice how it's kind of split up um, so that the dudes, we don't have to be away from our families for such an extended period. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that tour, I don't know when this is going to air, but I'm going to say here that <laughs> we're going to Europe with Hot Water Music, Sam I Am, and Boy Sets Fire. Holy shit. And it's going to be fucking insane. Dude. And that's, I mean, that is like, Boy Sets Fire is fucking massive over there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some of those venues are like 5,000. Dude. Cap. This is, this is so. great news. Yeah. So, and we got a show with Snapcase and Earth Crisis. Good lord. <laughs> yeah, it's go- I mean, it's going well, man. I, I I always joke with my wife that this is a pretty killer midlife crisis, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh my god, dude. This yeah. is this yeah, is such good news. Yeah, yeah, it's good, man. And 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 it's good. And then, you know, it's like we we're super appreciative of everything EVR did for us, but it's been really fun for me to be working with Revelation again mm-hmm. um on the new record and um that just feels great. You know, mm-hmm. I just feel like just feel like we're kind of like found our place. Yeah. You know, in all of this. Like we kind of have the right team. Um we um we we have, um, and the team has, the team's, sh- there's been some shakeups and, and it's interesting because it's funny. Cause now that I'm at this place in my life, like we had our booking agent in Europe and he's an excellent booking agent, but his style like was a little like more aggressive than I like mm-hmm. to deal with. And I just kind of felt like I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> So we're going to go with somebody else. Like, you know, I mean, I think one of the things is I'm trying to keep my head on straight and, and the, the reason we're doing this band is not to get big. Right. Mm -hmm. If that happens, that's cool, but we're doing it for the experience, the connection. And so it's important that we have like a team around us that all kind of buys into that and gets, Mm -hmm. gets that, um, 
So, and, the, and actually the interesting thing is it's so cool. Like when, I mean, you, you remember this from when you were a young kid playing music It's it was always about the next thing, mm-hmm. right? It was the next tour, the next label, the next single, the next, this, the next that. And like, it was never about the moment. And I think that everybody, everybody in Be Well, except Mike, who is a lifer rocker, will probably. I yes, mean, he is. <laughs> he literally, like, Mike literally has, like, a guitar on him at every minute. Like, he wakes up in the morning and has a guitar on him. In the van, he's got the guitar sitting on his lap. We're checking into the hotel, and he's sitting there playing. We, there's an amazing video on our Instagram. We were um, having breakfast before we headed out to um, it, it, to St. Petersburg in Atlanta. And he brought his guitar to breakfast and started playing. And all the ladies working started dancing. <laughs> oh, I saw that video. So, so, yes. So so he, the amazing <laughs> thing, the best thing that that video doesn't show is that Tim Barry – with the veil was staying in the same hotel. So he came down to have breakfast after we had already left and he played the video for the ladies <laughs> and they were so, they were so sick. But anyway, my point is the, um, I have never been in a professional situation, a band situation like this, where it's entirely about what's happening in the moment. There's no talk of, getting big or you know it's it's like whoa this is so cool but that this all this cool shit is happening but everybody is so appreciative and so enjoying it because who knows how long it lasts mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i like i don't i i i mean i would love it if we had the opportunity to make more records but who knows if that will be a thing or not i mean like how, you know, who knows how long all of us, our, you know, families will put up with us going out and losing money, to, <laughs> exactly. to, to, you know, play first of three, or four, you know, like, like right now, everybody's into it and, and appreciating it. And I think that my wife gets really mad when I look at it this way, but I, I don't think it's a bad thing to feel to, to, to acknowledge that it's not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Right. So whether forever, it, you know, whether it's a few more records or this is it or whatever happens, I just want to experience it and appreciate it. And like, I'm, I'm, um, it's, it's, there's a song by a band called Rice of Spring. And I literally think about this lyric every single day of my life. He says, drink deep. It's just a taste and it might not come this way again. And that is my personal motto with the band, which is I want to like fully feel it and appreciate it and enjoy it. And however long it goes is however long it goes, but I'm not going to miss it by worrying about a bunch of shit that we can't control or a bunch of shit that may never happen. And um, it's just like a very, you know, I, I feel sincerely, lucky and and it isn't lost on me how many people like yourself and dan and you know countless people have been believers and supporters and like you know friends and you know like the connection we have is not just like regular i mean it's real you know what i mean like 
you know, it's, it's, and, and it's, it's, I have always struggled to like make those kinds of like, I'm not making those kinds of connections with the other dads at the bus stop. That's mm-hmm. for damn sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it, it is like, you know, this band has led me to make a new wave of the kinds of relationships that I made 20 years ago with thrice and hot water music and all mm-hmm. of those bands. And, I, I mean, several years ago, I thought I was just going to be doing roofs and driving around alone all day being fucking miserable. And mm-hmm. now I'm about to go, you know, travel the world with my friends making music. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's pretty fucking awesome, man. Dude, it's a it's a testament to to those listening. You know, we, we talked about some heavy stuff earlier. There's, you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed, but wait and see what happens tomorrow right like you're in that dark spot yeah. and and it's closing in you have no idea what tomorrow's going to bring you have no idea what next hour's going to bring you know just to see that like like to to think your life is over you know even just in the in the in the cuz you were doing the construction thing and and like just dying inside you didn't know that it was going to change into this you know like no no clue and right. it's just an important thing to think about, you know, especially to people listening is, is, you know, tomorrow you have no idea if it's coming or not, but see what happens, you know, see what's out and there. And I think, I think that the biggest, the biggest takeaway, I think that, that I have taken from all of this that, and that I hope that anybody that listens to the band and listens to these conversations is that we really aren't alone. Is as alone as you can feel. There are so many people that are experiencing the exact same things, and you just have to find your avenue where you can express it, where you can get it out. Because mm-hmm. when you bottle it up and you let it grow inside you, it's like corrosive. It was like eating me from the inside mm-hmm. out. And and um, I mean, I was fortunate that I had this outlet. But, you know, for like other people, it's therapy for other people, it's running or whatever it is. But like, you have to find a way to get those things out. And, and, and when you hide it and you let it grow, it takes on a weight and a meaning. It becomes like the whole, your whole definition of yourself as a person is this, this, feeling that is like you know unreasonable like i mean i think like with me i i think like you know i married my high school sweetheart i got signed to a major label when i was 19 i've toured the world i've produced records for i mean i think some of the most important bands that have ever existed right and I felt like a complete fraud and a complete failure. That's how I saw myself inside. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I saying that feels dramatic and it's not. I mean, I, I just, I never allowed myself to see the positive and I only saw the negative. I only saw the negative reviews. I only saw the negative comments. I only saw the like records that didn't sell as well as they I felt like they should have, or like, did I, 
you know, did I let my friends down? Did they record with me because we were friends when they could have done better with someone else? Like that whole like inner monologue I had that just fucked me up forever and ever was just complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like arguably the most ridiculous, I mean, the proof was always right there. You know what I mean? Like I had people that would like have taken a bullet for me. I made records that people have tattooed on their fucking faces. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how is it that I could not see that, but I could see one nasty comment and have that like tattooed on my soul. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's because mental, you know, these things are, you know, the things that we, we punish ourselves unnecessarily. And, um, I'm not saying I don't do it now because I do still, but I am making a sincere effort to not see myself that way and to um, enjoy my successes and, and know, like, I have a thing that I like, this is my approach. It was always my approach in the studio too, but even with Be Well, it's like, I want to know that I cared as much as I could care and I tried as hard as I could try. And beyond that, I can't control it anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So whatever comes of it is going to come of it, but I can't beat myself up about the results that I have no ability to control. And it's like kind of interesting because like, you know, working on the hot water, was like a tough record, you know, at times. And it was like, And I just kept saying to myself, like, I need to be able to walk away from this knowing I gave everything. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I I hope the record does well. But if it doesn't do well and people don't love it, I can live with what I brought because it was all I had. Mm -hmm. And that is just like how I'm trying to see things and approach things and, and not get caught up in the things that I can't control anymore. It's a, it's a realization that it's so hard to come to that realization and, and, and really embrace that. And, and, uh, I'm so glad that you're in that space, you know, because it's, it takes people a lifetime sometimes to figure that stuff out. You know, it's such an important thing. And, and, um, to be in that space truly is, is just a gift, you know, I'm so happy to hear that from you. And, and, um, I wanted to touch back on two things that, one from way earlier that has been on my mind as we've been talking and the other is very recent, but, uh, when, when you, when Treadless, we were writing about that song Treadless and that situation, when you went home and, and your dad, you, you said you didn't talk about it with your dad, what did your brother say? Did he, or did you talk we, to him? We, we didn't talk about it either. Really? Same thing with your brother no. too. Yeah. It seemed to like kind of like these were his stories too, because he lived through some of these times with you and and uh, why it affected him so much. But I was I mean, curious. On he that. may he he may not even fully know that story. In I mean, our home life was. I mean, we joke about it now, but like our home life was so fucking crazy. Like yeah. when I was my daughter's age, when I was in eighth grade, I used to steal my parents' car all the time. And instead of talking to me about it, my dad used to put a padlock on the steering wheel. Just like, wow, (laughs) really? 
like yeah so my brother will like send me text messages of like a picture of like a padlock or like you know we joke yeah. about it but um you know one thing that has kind of killed me is that um i saw my brother was did an interview and um he um he said that the the band has been really hard for him because he feels like he should have been able to protect me or mm-hmm. do more to like and that really like killed me because the thing is like my brother is like the best person you'll ever meet and he's like i've like spent pretty much my whole life trying to be the person that he saw in me mm-hmm. so it's like i can't think of anybody that has like believed in me or respected me or like cared for me or loved me more in the whole universe than him mm-hmm. and so hearing him feel like there's something he could have done to like ease things for me that was one of the hardest things to hear about the record because you know he's my big brother you know yeah i mean you know and we didn't i guess in talking about that song treadless it's it is not i I, it's not an indictment against my dad you know Mm -hmm. even it's it is it's an indictment about on not talking about things yeah you know what i mean yeah and like I didn't talk about it. I would have never talked to anybody about that. But like the fact that like the fact that like my, you know, that I like my brother, my brother, my parents, like they never knew what was going on per se, because I was so out of control in so many other ways that were like maybe harder to handle. You know, I was getting arrested. I was getting in fights. I, was shoplifting, you know, stealing spray paint. I was st- when I was f- in fucking eighth grade, you know, it's so crazy for me to think cause my daughter is like, her life is so stable, mm-hmm. but I would stay out for days at a time and just not come home, you know, or like the first time I went to Europe, my dad didn't even know I was gone. I dropped out of high school, went to Europe, came home and he didn't even realize I was, I was gone. Jesus. Like, we just had a very, a very fucked up dysfunctional upbringing. And Mm -hmm. it's like not, you know, I mean, it's hard because my dad has, he grew up really extremely poor in a really bad neighborhood. And then his father died when he was 10 in front of him. And then he went to Vietnam And he came back with like PTSD and diabetes and tinnitus in his ear. And he was so worried about money at every moment of his life from growing up so poor. Like we literally would, I don't think we ever went and ate in a restaurant like as a family pretty much. We definitely, um, you know, like still to this day, he has plenty of money now. He takes the Greyhound bus <laughs> to California when he goes because wow. he just can't, he can't stand. He so lives in fear of like not having money. Like when they moved 
they moved to like a brand new house <laughs> um, when they moved from our old house. And the guy was going to like totally gut the house we grew up in. So my dad took the microwave and the refrigerator and put them in the garage of the new house and used them until they stopped working before he started using the new stuff. What? <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds totally insane, but then I think about knowing I know what they made, which was not a lot, uh-huh. and how good our life was. And so it's like you kind of realize that, like, shit's fucking complicated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like – like all of that shit that I thought was like totally fucking crazy and I didn't understand, you know, like my parents, I grew up in a, a pretty like wealthy area, but we weren't wealthy. Mm-hmm. So I never had my friends to my house ever, never. Most of my friends that I grew up with never went, came to my house one time. And I always was super embarrassed. Like my parents' car was so beat up. I'd have them drop me like three blocks <laughs> away, you know? And, um, I'm embarrassed that I was embarrassed. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it was like my parents did the best they could. And and, then they, you know, they both, both my mom and dad, my dad has like very severe obsessive compulsive disorder Mm -hmm. and my mom has debilitating depression, you know? So it's like, I kind of look at them and, as mad as I was when I was a kid, I feel sad for them because they are really great people that never connected with their children in the way that I'm able to with mine, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Dude, and one thing to think about too is, is being that concerned about money. I doubt it was him being concerned about money for him. It was oh, for his family. Wasn't. Yeah. And that itself shows the love and, and, and how much he felt whether you could show it or not. And I'm just, and I'm just speaking from what I'm hearing. I, I'm not, uh, uh, what's the word? I'm left. What's the thing I'm looking, I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but that action alone shows that love and, and, and worry that he had for uh, you guys. Uh, my, my parents love me. Yeah. I, I, without, without a doubt. And it's so interesting to see how affectionate and loving they are with my daughter Mm -hmm. after they were never able to be that way with, 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 with me. And and we had a fucking insane, I mean, it's like you could make a fucking movie about our house. Like the fucking, I was legitimately out of, out of control. And I would like come home and like tag the walls in the house Mm -hmm. My dad didn't talk to me about it. He literally would leave signs around that said, do not write on wall. <laughs> or the, fir- the first time, time my, <laughs> what, the, the, the first time my wife ever came to my house when we first started dating, we pulled up and there were 30 police cars out front and the ha- they had a search warrant and the whole house was being raided by the police. Holy shit. And I was just like, Doug, <laughs> <get me in." laughs> and then you had my brother who had like every band you could imagine in the world, you know, Snapcase, Refuse, you know, Sense, Sense Feel, like every band you could ever imagine st- staying over. Yeah. You know, and it was just 
out of control, man. It was the yeah. whole thing was. And then I basically was like raising my little brother, you mm-hmm. know, it was like, we were just like, oh, we were, it was a fucking insane life situation. It was fucking totally insane. Dude. But it made you, it made you who you are. You know, that's <laughs> well, the look, one thing that's really hard to grip is. The, the crazy thing about it is that if you met me now, you mean when you meet, you could never imagine. Yeah. Right. Like, like I have my shit together. I'm super focused. I'm super on top of things. You know, when I was a kid, I was just fucking lunatic out of like out of my mind. And, um, and part of that was like a reaction to like, I think that like the depression and the anxiety was there and it manifested as like bad behavior. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like, it was only later in life, like when I got out of there that I kind of realized like, oh, fuck, that mm-hmm. was not normal. Yeah, dude. The stories from back then, good Lord. I, we even animated them last time. Like the, the you, you remember that? Like for that episode, yeah, like you tagging so the cool, walls yeah. and stuff. That was so awesome when we saw that. But uh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, it was, I mean, I think that, I think that now when I look at my parents, I just realized that they were in over their head yeah. and they, 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 they didn't have, they didn't have a way to like, you know, like my dad has never gone to therapy. He has never taken medication. Like he's never, he's never dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that all three of my brothers, I think that like, we love our dad and I, I respect my dad more than almost anybody I can think of, but I want to be a different kind of dad. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I don't, I don't, um, like I, I want my daughter to be able to talk to me about anything mm-hmm. and I want to be the kind of parent that can listen and, you know, understand and, and, and also not try and fix it everything because Mm -hmm. she has to learn you know she has to learn to like navigate this world on her own as well so it's you know it's just fucking insane man it's a it's it's been a wild ride and then you know kind of like just circling back to where we started with this like that um experience i had with my dad being out in denver i really felt like I was really proud that I was able to be there for him when he needed me to be, you know, Mm -hmm. at his, at his darkest time that I was able to like, you know, I mean, I just remember hugging him and saying, let it out Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he just wouldn't even let himself cry. You know what I mean? And that I think that this, this mentality of that a lot of people grow up with this, like, um, macho it's not okay to show your emotions and your feelings and blah 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 i mean that 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 shit can do a number on you man Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah because anyway so it eats you alive i this this is exactly when i mentioned i had a couple things i wanted to ask you about from really that was it that that moment when your dad it's it, you said you picked him up and hugged him like did he collapse like like uh, yeah because he's crying for yeah. a lot more than what he was crying for specifically then you know but what did yeah, you I, and this is i'm asking this uh not to go back down that road but uh, when i because i lost my dad a few years ago and i'd give literally anything to to 
have five more minutes. But when you hugged him for the first time, what did you feel? Like, what did you feel? Cause you'd not done that before. Like what did, did, did he it feel seemed, like that? You he, like he, that? He, he felt, he felt like fragile, <laughs> you know, I felt like he was broken and I felt like, I felt like grateful that I was able to be there for him in that moment. And I, you know, that whole, that whole trip was really crazy because my aunt had severe obsessive compulsive disorder as well. Mm -hmm. And with her, it had manifested as hoarding. So like I ended up, ended up having to stay in Denver for almost three weeks and had to clear out the whole house and go through all the photo albums and do all that. And I was, I was really like, I'm like, it's funny. Cause like so many, like my brothers and my wife, Oh, I'm kept saying like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You have to do this. And I kind of felt like I'm proud that I can do this for him. Mm. You know, that like he, I can take care of this for him when he needs me to. And, um, you know, I got the whole house cleared out. I got all the photos sent home and I got the house sold and got it all taken care of. And he didn't have to, he, it, it would have killed him to try and do that on his own. And so I was, I was thankful. And I do feel like things have been different since then, you know, with him, like, I feel like he, is so appreciative of like, not just what I did there, but like with my, you know, my, my brothers, um, have done so much, um, to help get the estate settled. And it, we had this, like, we had this, like, really, we had this really crazy thing happen to it. I mean, I don't even know why I'm saying this on a podcast. <laughs> we had, we like went to the lawyers about her will and nobody had ever seen her will. And, um, the lawyer read it to my dad and I, and my aunt had, um, had left a much larger portion to my older brother than to me and my younger brother. And my dad turned around and hysterically kept saying, but she loved you. She loved you. She loved you. Mm. And it was like, so fucking heavy. And I was just like, it doesn't matter what, um, however she wanted to do it is how she wanted, you know, how she wanted to do it. It's totally fine. And the, but the amazing thing, like, like I was telling you before, uh, how amazing my older brother is, I called him to tell him and he was like, well, that's cool that she did that, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> We're not going to split it that way. We're yeah. going to split it Even. between all three of us because, and he, he was like, I'd be fine to just split it up between all the kids, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was, it was just interesting how, you know, I felt like appreciative of my older brother for that. And then my younger brother, who's a lawyer has been handling all the estate. And it was just like a very painful situation that I think brought us all closer together in the end. So that's how it works, man. And it's, it's awful that it has to go that way sometimes, but it really does. It really does. And to show, I mean, just how proud your, your, you know, your dad would be to just to see like how you guys turned out, you know, like yeah. 
it's incredible as a parent yourself, yeah. as a parent myself, like if, if I saw, you know, not the end of the road, but like where the kids end up, you know, doing what makes them happy, having kids of their own, you know, like yeah. you've done so much cool shit, Brian, like you really have. <laughs> and you're such a sweet person. And, uh, you know, I uh, immediately, we've talked the first time, like I just, I felt that connection and, you know, uh, just how awesome your dad must feel to, to know, like, you know, his, his son's doing what he wants to do, you yeah. know, and he can make up, not he can't make up, but he can, he can change things with your daughter. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that he probably yeah. hugs her all the time. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, he does. That's he does. one of the yeah. last things my dad did was my, he was sitting on the porch. He came down to see the house we got into and my son, Grayson, who's he's autistic and, and uh, just does things a lot differently came up and and he calls him papa or called him papa and and uh he just gave him a hug but he held him just arms around him standing like my 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 dad was sitting down and uh kind of rocking in this chair on the porch and my son just put his arms around and kind of nuzzled his head in his ear and about 20 minutes and just kept saying it's okay papa it's okay wow and my dad afterwards, he said, he just kept saying this in my ear over and over again. It's okay, Papa. It's okay. And, uh, a few months later he was gone. And, yeah. uh, but he had that time. And now yeah. my son comes up and, and says, dad, do you want a 20? And that's how he equates it. Cause we told him, you know, you were hugging Papa for almost 20 minutes. He's like, dad, do you want a, you want a 20? And so oh, he hugs you so and he's like, was that a 20? No, son, that was a 15, but five more minutes, you know, and he doesn't do it for 20 minutes, yeah. but he just says, he sits there for a while and hugs you. And it's just this like precious thing. But that's amazing. I mean, kids know, man, like kids know. And, and the fact that he can do that now and, uh, and have those moments and you get to see that and you understand yeah. and your daughter's not going to have to understand later and figure it out. She's figuring it out now. That's yeah. also awesome. And, uh, yeah. Oh, dude, I, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Um, we just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We just go down these roads, man. Yeah. Uh, it's so special though. I, I really, uh, I, I've been looking forward to this chat for a long time. And oh yeah, man. I'm sick. I, uh, I, you're just doing so many cool things. You've done so many cool things. You're doing so many cool things and you're just a special person. And, uh, I appreciate that. you know, You've done so much for other people too, myself included, just giving us so much great, great things. And, and, uh, you know, the words you put to paper and, and the feelings you put out there, um, just, just change, change so much. So, um, well, love you, bud. Dude, I appreciate you. Love you yeah, too. I, so. I, this has been awesome. I, I, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> well, th oh, this summer we'll get to hang in person. Yes. I'm stoked. I am absolutely stoked. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just love seeing and, and watching from the sidelines what you're doing and, and, uh, it's just great, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I hope that you know how much I appreciate you and how much I appreciate everybody that is like kind of given me this, opportunity to find myself again you know and 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 not just like i kind of hate saying that because I, I hate the idea that be well is some like weird self-help or is only about this or that but like what this has meant 
to my life and my family's life, it's like, it's hard to even describe, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I am four years past maybe the darkest place, you know, I have ever could even contemplate being in. And I'm now at maybe the best place, a better place than I ever dreamt that I could be. Mm. And that is, that is the power of music. And I, I, I know that sounds cliche, but I'm just, you know, I feel like I've done it long enough and invested enough in it to, that I can get away with, with saying that, because I think that the proof is, is, you know, having these opportunities to say some of the stuff out loud and having of, you know, with the podcasts and having the records where I can really kind of work through some things that I, I had never really even talked about. I mean, the story I told you about my dad in the car and all that, I've never said that to anybody. I don't even know if my wife knows that story. I don't know that my brother knows that story, but I put it in a song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and I think that like, you know, I, I just am so thankful to have this and it is not lost on me how fortunate I am to have this. And so, you know, I don't know. I, I just, it's, it's really easy to get, you know, caught up in all the cool stuff that's happening. But like, I can just tell you that it's, 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 I, I am sincerely appreciative and in it and, you know, and thankful. So. Dude, I, I feel it, man. I feel it. I can feel it in your voice. I can feel it in what you're doing. I mean, uh, you're just a good person. I'm glad you're still here. And um, I'm working on being a good person. <laughs> it's kidding. a constant battle. It's a constant battle. But, uh, dude. Yeah. Wonderful. So anyway, well, I love you. We've talked for a while, so I'll let you go see Grayson. But, dude. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it very much. And, and uh, yeah, just, uh, just keep, keep fighting, man. Keep fighting for, for I am man. so many people in your corner and um, there's you know. no, 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 no turning back now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, my man. So, well, thank okay, you buddy. for the Love chat. You. Love you too. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, shoot me that audio over when you, when you get a chance and uh, I will, we'll make it beautiful. Okay, buddy. All right. All right. Thanks. Talk See ya. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that part two chat with Brian McTurnan from be well. Just an incredible human being, so incredibly open, as you guys heard. Um, you know, we don't mean to go as deep as we do, and I think it just happens because we are comfortable with each other and trust each other, even though other people are listening. Um, we we trust in the process of this medium, and uh, it's something that's truly special when these, when these chats happen this way. Um, it's something that can't be recreated. It's not forced. It's just two humans connecting on a level that is beyond uh, the normal. And I really believe in that energy. I really believe if you put yourself out there and put yourself in the world, it's gonna come back to you and uh, in a good way, as long as you're doing it in a positive way. You're not going out there impacting people by hurting them. You're going out there and impacting people by leading by example and and putting out positive, positive energy. Um, I really believe that. And I, I wish each and every one of you uh, would do that today. When you hear this chat, if this chat touches you, 
do something nice for someone, do something for somebody else, do something selfless, give a part of yourself, put some of yourself out in the world, do that thing you've been putting off, you know, do that, start that podcast, write that song, write that book, write that, uh, write something down, start journaling, you know, uh, go help a neighbor, just, just do something positive and it'll come back to you. And that's the way you can start making things better is with your personal community, your neighborhood, um, you know, and if you want to touch the world, start a podcast, you push one button and it goes out to every country in the world. As long as they know what it is, they can listen to it. You know, uh, it's a big thing and it's only getting bigger. And that's because of you guys spreading the word of the show, spreading the word of the medium in general. And I think this, uh, podcast thing is, is so much more important than people give credit to it. Um, preserving long form conversation, preserving attention spans, giving someone a, a break from, from the monotony of their day to hear either two other people connect or multiple other people connect. Um, I'm going to stop rambling about this, but I just really feel strongly about the energy after uh, going back through this episode. Um, and yeah, just, just an incredible chat. I love Brian McTernan very much. Uh, I thank to him for thanks to him for coming back on the show. Uh, we'll probably do a part three and a part seven, a part 12, whatever it may be. Uh, but it's great to have a friend that's done so many amazing things and and is such a sweet person. So thank you, Brian, uh, for coming on. Check out the new Be, Re Be Well record coming out. Uh, it's incredible. It's on Revelation Records. Uh, go back and check out The Weight and the Cost as well on Equal Vision. Um, you know, part of the family, part of the family now. So uh, guys, thank you so much for listening week after week. I love each and every one of you very much. Uh, I want nothing but the best for you. And, and thank you for supporting me in what I do um, and what this team does for this show. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough. So uh, as always, we'll see you on the radio.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.